0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: This album is, uh, now we feel still really attached to it, but if you wait one more year, maybe you lose the, the, the touch. And also the fans, they are really uh, eager to hear new music. And especially now in these hard times, people need uh, music. And so why waiting any any longer? Of course, it's ideal to have an album and right after you can tour. But yeah, the the world is changing and, and you have to adapt yourself.
0: Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. When there isn't a global pandemic crippling the music industry, they normally put on a bunch of. Wait, what a minute? Wait, hold on a second. Heavy Montreal just announced their first show for 2021. I am super stoked about this. That's right, everyone. They just announced that on November 19th, they have brought Ginger with very special guests, Suicide Silence, coming to M MTELUS. This is very exciting. This is the first show that they have announced in a long time. I am stoked about this. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter, and this show is going to be insane. Tickets are on sale right now. You can go and get those via the link in the description of this podcast. I love Heavy Montreal, and I'm super stoked to have them behind the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I would just like to encourage you to follow the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm asking you to rate it and write a review, because when you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. You should also sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast podcast mailing list you can do that on my website voxenhops.com. that's v-o-x-a-n-d-h-o-p-s.com and when you do that you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the vox and hops metal podcast including all the details for any episodes which i have dropped throughout that past week if i have been a guest on someone else's podcast as well as the links to the upcoming live interview thirsty thursday virtual hangs And of course, the links to the Brutal Awakenings playlists, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify and is curated by my man, Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself. Do yourself a favor, sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. This is a party that you do not want to miss. Now, on today's episode, I am with Mark Jensen of Epica. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 247. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm with Mark Jensen of Epica. I am super, super stoked to be with you. Uh, Let's start with a very, very simple question how are you doing mark
1: that's a good question uh, i'm doing fine i had a great day i uh, worked in my garden the whole day on my uh, my vineyard Just, so uh, there was a lot of work to do oh very cool it's almost done and then uh, i can start working on the next thing so <laughs> but it's, for me it's a lot of fun working in the garden i, I really enjoy myself there
0: mm, that does sound very nice that sounds very nice indeed uh let's start with a a more complex question Uh, How did you cope with the glorious year of 2020, which is now behind us?
1: Yeah, I know that many people were really suffering from it. And of course, I had my ups and downs as as well. But uh, I must say that I had also a a very good time uh, in 2020. So uh, I could do a lot of things that I usually almost never have time for. And uh, so whenever uh, whenever there are changing circumstances, I usually really adapt pretty fast to, to it. And uh, the only disadvantage is, of course, that we cannot tour with my bands. And the other thing is that I, I live pretty far away from my parents and I, I haven't seen them now already for six months. That's, uh, that's, the, that's, that's wow. a pity. But uh, yeah, I, I take the things the way they are and uh, make the best out of it.
0: Hmm. Now, normally we don't get to see anyone because we're touring so much. Uh, how was it having a whole summer at home, which is just so crazy because that never happens. We're always out playing festivals and uh, hanging out with our other family, our road crew family. So, so how how is your summer at home and you know spending so much time not performing? Yeah,
1: they always say be careful what you wish for, and I always was thinking like, <laughs> how would it be to be to have a whole summer at home and uh, don't have to tour? And now I had it. <laughs> So uh, it was it was <laughs> great actually because uh, uh, I I could do uh, yeah, like I said I could do all this, the things that I always uh, wishing for doing I had a holiday with my girlfriend here in Sicily where I live and uh, we could go oh. to the sea as often as we wanted to and and really had a whole summer of holiday feeling and also due to the that the COVID situation wasn't in the summer was was pretty much under control. So the the summer was really amazing, actually. Uh,
0: Let's talk about beer. It's Vox and Hops. Uh, You know, I like to hang out with my metal friends and talk about their lives. Music and craft beer. What beer are you drinking on your side there today, Mark?
1: Laughing Blonde.
0: Ooh. It's a classic. Yeah, I love it. I remember when I had my very first lift. it came in a mixed pack here in Montreal of all of the uh, European brews. And I would, uh, you know, buy that because I was fancy. I, I was thinking that I was above <laughs> <laughs> the usual Molson and Labatt yeah. products that happen here in Quebec. And that was uh, definitely one of the ones that really... You know, it was the different one in that pack because they had Heineken in it. Yes. Uh, They had uh, Stella Artois in that pack. And then they had the Lef. And it was just so much more, you know, body to it. It was a very, very interesting brew. And I still enjoy it to this day. On my side, I'm drinking something very special. This is called Brew Juice. It is by a very, very cool brewery called Pub Brewski. I nice. and this is basically their claim their claim to fame, so it is a fruited smoothie sour, so it is a fruited sour, so basically they mix a sour berliner weiss beer or a kettle sour brew and they put in f- fruit puree in the beer so it is uh basically like a an adult juice it's delicious it's uh close to a, mim- a mimosa almost it's a 5.2 yeah. percent in this one they got uh strawberry raspberry blackberry um another type of berry they got cherries blueberries and cassis and <laughs> the 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 special one of this is that they got peanuts in it so it's a it's basically like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich peanut butter beer (laughs) exactly it's crazy what a time to be alive mark i'm gonna crack this up
1: minus uh, 6.66 percent is a true metal beer
0: yes (laughs) let's talk about beer let's go back uh i remember my first beer very vividly yeah do you remember your first beer that you ever had yes
1: I, i remember it actually and uh uh, it was at a, at a birthday party of my father. I, I must have been like uh, 13 years old or 14. I don't, don't remember exactly. Prost.
0: Yes, cheers, cheers.
1: And uh, I was at that party and uh, everybody was drinking beers because my, the friends of my father, they love beers. And my father himself as well. Um, and then, But I always was curious how that, because everybody seemed to enjoying beers so much, I was really uh, curious, and then suddenly one of these guys said, "Just give it a try. Is it all right?" He looked at my father. He said, "Yeah, I can have one." So, and I, I remember I, I my first sip, and I thought, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> I always had this image of that it was the most delicious. Uh, liquid ever and then i i took my sip and i didn't like it at all the first, nowadays i like it but that, that first sip i i thought it was was disgusting <laughs>
0: It's true. It's true. I've spoken about it on the podcast as well. as uh, my first time drinking. I hated yeah. it, you know, and it was really just, I was a little bit older. I was a young teenager and it was basically the, the, the whole purpose of drinking was to have a good time and to try to get intoxicated, but it tasted so bad. <laughs> and my first memory of smelling beer, because my dad never drank, was, um, here in canada again it's winter time right so i'm walking yeah. home from school and i pick up this beer bottle for some reason and i get like beer spilled on my mittens this <laughs> i was young i was still in primary school and i remember the smell just being so so bad <laughs> unlike this one which is just delicious on the nose it is pure peanuts <laughs> it smells like peanut butter peanuts and uh and then you do the, the the peanut butter you, it, you got that <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Peanuts. Peanuts. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> when, you snip, when you sip it, <laughs> you got that jelly tartness. So it's, it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you enjoy craft beer? Is there a craft beer scene in Sicily? I've never been to Sicily. I, don't, I know that Italy has some, some, some yeah. very cool things going on in the world of craft beer. I don't know if it's made its way to Sicily as of yet.
1: Yeah, this there, one, one beer, and it's funny enough, it's called Epica. And this, we have nothing to no do way. with it, but <laughs> there's a beer here in no Sicily. it's yes, no kidding, it's called Epica. I even have a glass of, I have a glass of the beer downstairs, if later on your interest, I can show you the glass.
0: That's so, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you dance, do you enjoy craft beer, is that something that you, you actively go and pursue?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more like a wine drinker, I think, uh, in general. Uh, I love uh, to drink wine with, with, uh, with lunch, one glass, with dinner, one glass. But every now and then I also drink uh, beer. And I, I especially like the, the, the triplet beers. So the, the triple. Mm. And um, yeah, the, yes. uh, some of my friends, they sometimes visit me here in Sicily. And then they bring a whole lot of, of that kind of beers from, from Belgium. And uh, yeah, I really love it. Yes. Oh, all kinds of different tastes. And really good.
0: Hmm, that's super interesting Uh, let's dance into the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents or guardians house what music was playing when you were not in control of the radio what music did your parents or guardians listen to?
1: Yeah my father he was a kind of a blues rock guy and uh, he also introduced me to Guns N' Roses and uh and that was yes. at the time when I wanted to uh, act like I didn't like the music of my, my father. So he bought Guns N' Roses, and I said, I don't like it. It's, uh, it sucks. But then secretly, I, I, I loved it. So I was stealing his CDs and then playing, playing them. But then at a certain point, he uh, found them in my room, and then I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't hide it anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's cool. My, my dad showed me Guns N' Roses, cool. too. I remember. <laughs> going and listening to the song Coma and and it just being so dark and, and him like explaining everything to me. He's like, you know, this guy's on the... He's dying. He's, <laughs> I remember vividly, vividly yeah. remember that. Take me to uh, your first show. Do you remember the first live music experience that you witnessed?
1: Um, yeah, the live music that must have been already at, at some of my holidays where there was always some live music going on. But the, the, the real, the first live show that I actually bought a ticket for and attended must have been a show of uh, Gorefest, that's a Dutch uh, death metal band. And uh, I remember that I mm-hmm. that, uh, was at that show and the atmosphere was amazing. And, uh, and, <laughs> and the thing that I also recall was that the, the, at, at the end of the show, these guys were, uh, were like um, uh, on the stage, they were, were cleaning up everything. They were packing their, their stuff and the drummer, he, was, he wasn't doing a thing. And uh, many years later, we were touring with that drummer, and, and he had a new band. <laughs> and I, I, t- I told him, I, I visited that show, and you were not doing a thing. And he said, no, that must, cannot be, I wasn't like that. And then the other guy said, yeah, he's exactly like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's rare. Normally, normally, the drummer has to do the most Yeah, of he
1: wasn't doing anything. <laughs> His name is Ed Warby. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: hilarious. So, how about your first time on stage? Do you remember the first time that you played a show?
1: Um, yes, I, I do. Because the, the first time on stage was actually a show in, in our own rehearsal room. We built it like a small stage. And because we couldn't get any shows, we thought that we organized a show ourselves. We had this, uh, this nice rehearsal room. Where the, and then there were about uh, 40 people there that evening. And we just played a show in, in our own rehearsal room and that was the very first show i've ever played
0: <laughs> wow so, you know kids listening to this you can't get a gig, you <laughs> yeah. a gig it's an important lesson right there you know you can't wait for things to come to yes. you. you have to go and get it exactly and, and that's, you know, one of the staples of why you succeeded. <laughs> because don't wait, do it. Yeah, that,
1: that's kind of, a, yeah, that's kind of, a, it was a, probably not such a good show because it was the first show we were, even though it was in our own rehearsal room, we were nervous as hell. And our bass player, he was uh, laying after the show drunk on the floor. <laughs> that's all I remember as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how he dealt with his nerves, yeah. I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I still get that, you know, a little bit before I climb onto stage, you know, big shows, like when we played whack in Hellfest, I get, you know, the butterflies and I'm on stage and I feel my heart just pounding. I still get nerves to this day. Do you still struggle with nerves and how do you do, how do you cope? What is your, your process when you approach getting onto a huge, huge bill such as WAG? Yeah,
1: I'm not necessarily nervous for the, 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 the size of the stage or the, the size of the crowd. But I'm, I'm nervous uh, if we play songs that we didn't play in a long time. And uh, the, the only way to deal with that is that I, before, like two hours before the show, I go over the, the songs one last time and then I'm okay with it. <laughs> But always then I rehearse these songs, and then the day itself, I think, like, do I still remember everything? <laughs> I start doubting <laughs> myself. And then when you go over it, and it's soon enough before the show, then I'm fine, and then I, then I can do it.
0: <laughs> Is that a nightmare of yours that happens, where you're on stage, and and, and, and you forget a part is that something that actually
1: yeah that's a nightmare i had uh, many times actually that i was on stage and that we played a song that somebody announced the song and that i thought i, I that i didn't rehearse that one <laughs> how can this be on the set list how is that possible and then we start playing that song and then i think i i'm bluffing myself uh, through the song but then at a certain point i i have a blackout and then i don't remember anything and that's the worst part of the nightmare <laughs>
0: It's crazy. It's crazy. I have these dreams that, that that I'm sitting and taking an an exam that I didn't study for. I have that at least once or twice a year. So so it it, it sort of falls into That's same, also
1: a terrible one. Yeah, the
0: same aspect of not being not being prepared for something. Yeah, time.
1: I had also that dream that I sometimes that suddenly that I was suddenly back at school and uh, that I decided to go back because <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to study some more. And I always, but because when I stopped for, uh, uh, going, uh, when I finished my university, I thought I will never go to study again. I'm done with it. Uh, it's been enough. So then, suddenly, having that dream to be back at school, and then I'm thinking, what? Why? How on earth did I come up with that idea to go back to school? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always wake up so relieved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, it's, uh,
0: when 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 I realize that I'm not in school anymore, because you know I enjoyed school. Uh, I enjoyed. Learning, uh, I still do, uh, but I, I'm just not. I don't want to go back to school. It's not something that I can see in my future. It's not the the structure that I like to, to learn in. That. Yeah, yeah.
1: I also I, I love learning and I love learning new things. But that then I, I read the books that I want to read. I watch the documentaries that I want to watch, and not somebody telling me what to do because what, what I already what I never liked was that somebody t- told me what to do and when to do it. That was, I was a little bit uh, allergic to that. To that.
0: Mm-hmm. And it also falls into the the artistic side of uh, being creative and and you know, rage as Rage Against the Machine would say, "Fuck you, <laughs> don't I won't do what you tell yeah, me." <laughs> yeah, like that. I'm a little <laughs> bit like that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it comes with the territory of being an artist. It's it's, it's we don't, we like to pave our own roads make our own decisions, build our own stages, yeah. to play our own shows, to hopefully climb onto a bigger stage that we don't, you know, you didn't have to pick up your bases yes. at the end of a gig. And an that hour. was
1: actually also <laughs> when, we, when we discussed the deal with, with our record company, Nuclear Blast, it was also part of the deal that we said, uh, yeah, we want to do uh, uh, what we feel like doing music-wise. But then they also said, yeah, we, we give our oh. artists uh, complete freedom. You do your thing, we do our thing. And it, it always happened like that. And it works perfect. I cannot stand some record companies. They want to influence their artists too much. And then they feel like uh, not free. They don't feel free what to do. And they don't feel 100% happy with their own music. And I think that's, that's, not, that's not a good thing.
0: I think that would be hell. To, to be in, in a in a band cuz you know it's it's such a passionate project being an artist and being in a band to 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 you know spend so much time so much energy to create something that you don't even love i i would think that was would be just the worst the worst and then you have to tour it for 2 years ugh oh, just the worst i would i would not want to do that ever <laughs> Ever, ever. You guys didn't do that, though, because you guys are releasing Omega, dropped February 21st via Nuclear Blast. Um, You've been talking a lot about this record because you're doing a bunch of press for it, so I'm not going to, you know, dive too much into the same redundant questions. But I am curious about a pandemic release. Is that something that was hard for you guys? You're, You're in the process of probably already have recorded it before the pandemic hit i know how these things work and then was there a thought of just holding on to it waiting for that pandemic to finish and then release it so that you could tour it and promote it properly is that a discussion that you guys did have
1: yeah we had that discussion and and we actually postponed the release already once from september last year to february this year but when we discussed again to postpone it again i said uh, uh, hold on i i wanted to be released because uh, uh, not, nothing is the same now anyway than it used to be. And um, if you wait, you, you maybe wait uh, one more year, two more years, you, you, nobody knows how long this is going to take. And I, th- I said, yeah, and, and everybody luckily agreed with me. Um, this album is, uh, now we feel still really attached to it. But if you wait one more year, maybe you lose the, the, the touch. And also the fans, they are really uh, eager to hear new music. And especially now in these hard times, people need uh, music. And so why waiting any any longer? Of course, it's ideal to have an album and right after you can tour. But yeah, the the world is changing and, and you have to adapt yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think now versus the beginning, say it was going to come out September or like May of last year, I feel like a lot of albums last year it went, that dropped in that early springtime were forgotten and weren't appreciated as much. So maybe those ones should have been held on a little bit longer. Uh, so that people could adapt and you know there was the fear what there was a lot of fear and the unknown when COVID hit for real but now people sort of are in the swing of things they still can they know that bands need the support because they're not getting out on the road and they you know bands are finding interesting creative ways to stay in contact with their fans
1: yeah and, and i agree there was some bands like like nightwish they released the album just when the, 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 the pandemic started. So they, they couldn't do any tour yet already with an album being one year old. So that must really suck. But uh, yeah, it also, it's also possible that we release it now and it, and it uh, we also cannot tour for one year. So <laughs> who knows? And uh, I'm not worried about that. It's just uh, going with the flow and, uh, and we will see whenever it's possible again to play, uh, uh, then we, we will be more than ready to, to do so.
0: Very sick. Uh, one of my good friends is on this record that makes me very happy. Uh, the great Vicky Seracus of The Agonist. She is a Vox and Hops alumni. Uh, basically, all of The, the, the Agonists are Vox and Hops alumni. I've had them on. The whole band, with the exception of Paco. Paco, I'm going to get you. You're, you're the, my missing link to get my full Agonist Vox and Hops alumni yeah. status. Right back. <laughs> but... Um, Excellent. Yes. Yeah, I love them. I grew up with them here in Montreal. I was in Three Mile Scream. Danny Marino's brother was in that band with me. I've known Danny for a very long time, which is why I asked him to be my very first guest on Vox and Hops way back in 2018. But enough about that. Let's talk about having Vicky on this record. She's a sick vocalist. Uh, Talk me through how all of that happened.
1: Yeah, uh, actually, we uh, we had the album finished, but we had one uh, one, one spoken word part uh, which uh, which didn't fit well with what, what we had in mind. And then we then uh, somebody said, uh, I think it was Kuhn, uh, we need a strong female voice for that for that part. And uh, as we know Vicky very well, we contacted her to do it, and uh, she she gladly accepted. And, um, but uh, hopefully in the future she can also do uh, something bigger than this because now it's a, a, a tiny role, she did a great job, but, but uh, she's a fantastic uh, person, fantastic uh, vocalist. So hopefully in the future we can do something uh, even bigger than that
0: yes absolutely I love her I love her to death killer yeah. vocalist and excellent human she's doing really, yeah, really cool great for things uh, with her Patreon right now She's she's got all these cool covers that she's doing she's, she's tackled the pandemic very well nice. for herself she's scratching that itch how are you uh, going to stay in contact with your fans after this release is there discussions of a live stream is there what how are you guys gonna
1: yeah there's definitely an option for doing a live stream because um uh, the longer it takes before you can do shows, the, the, yeah, the sooner you have to come up with alternative ideas. And uh, uh, it sounds maybe crazy, but I think that in the near future anyway, <laughs> the, the, the new way of, uh, of visiting a concert will be like virtual reality mask. And, and maybe in 10 years, this, this, this technology is so, so much developed that you put on a whole suit and you actually feel like being at a concert. I think it's, it will go that way, <laughs> but I'm always having crazy ideas about the future, and now probably some people will laugh, but maybe in 10 years, nobody, nobody's laughing anymore. <laughs>
0: Yeah, everyone just stays home. We wouldn't get as sick, which would be very cool. That's one positive thing there. And you wouldn't have to use the the disgusting facilities that (laughs) I hope that a lot of these venues who have been closed for over a year now are, you know, making a little bit cleaner for us. (laughs) You know, doors on bathroom stalls. (laughs) In America, (laughs) please, that's something that I... Just put a door. It doesn't even have to lock. I don't care. Just put the door. How many times do we come into a venue... (laughs) <laughs> we come into a venue and there's no door on the stall. Yeah, I've so been I there, been there, done uh, that, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but basically, yeah, you're talking like that movie Ready Player One, which was an awesome book as well, where uh, we'd go to concerts and we're not really there, but the whole experience is there in a suit. That would be really cool. I imagine people are actually thinking about that and working on it right now. And if you are people, you owe Mark some money. <laughs> And we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to VoxandHops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Uh, let's talk back into craft beer. Um, you mentioned that uh, in Sicily, there is a brewery called Epica. But have you guys ever made... An Epica craft beer. Is that something that you have done? Have you done a collaboration with a brewery?
1: We are working on it, actually, as we oh, speak. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So it's not going to take too long anymore before we have our first uh, draft beer ready.
0: Very, very cool. Do you know, can you tell me, yeah, there's probably a bunch of secret stuff yeah. going on, but if you can talk about it, tell me which brewery it is or what style it is and what it's going to be called.
1: I can, I can tell you already that it's a Belgian brewery. Very Nice. They make, they make one of the best beers in the world, in Belgium, so uh, um, yeah, I, I mean in Belgium they brew the best beers in the world, and also Germany has some good ones, Netherlands has a few good ones too, and, uh, and then everywhere in the world there are some good ones as well, but, but I think like Belgium is like the, the how you say it, the, the main country for, for beers, at least for me, and that's also why my favorite uh, <laughs> is from Belgium.
0: Well, you know, it sort of started there, so so they have a few more years on everyone in experience in creating delicious brews, so, so there'd be no...
1: But my favorite Dutch beer, by the way, is uh, Hertog Jan. I don't know if you know that oh, one. I do not know
0: that one. What, what style of brew is that?
1: Um, it's a uh, bit hoppy, but uh, it's, it's very good. Uh, it, it's a very difficult name, that's why probably nobody re- remembers it, but it's... Uh, I, in my opinion the best dutch beer because everybody always talks about heineken as the dutch beer but we are we in the netherlands are not so proud of heineken to be honest
0: that's just the marketing the marketing was very very good for it uh i believe hogarden is from the netherlands am i crazy
1: uh, Huka, yes it's uh, yeah it's also dutch yeah
0: i used to love getting that because it came in this ridiculous huge glass which my young self thought that there was more beer in it but it's not it's just the glass is thicker (laughs) but it was as big as my (laughs) head I loved it (laughs) Um.
1: yeah it's really good
0: I'm very very lucky that i get to do these interviews and you know the moment right before i'm wondering if the artist is going to connect uh am i prepared enough for this chat so i get the little butterflies as if i'm about to jump onto stage that is how i'm filling my void from performing how how have you been filling the void yeah from your performance
1: yeah now there comes a long story because i i'm doing so many things that uh uh, first of all, I love doing sports so yeah. i 'm uh, doing cycling i run, I swim uh, fitness so I even maybe you can see it a bit in the background' is my a part of my my, my fitness uh, studio. I have some machines also downstairs uh, because the, the, the sad thing was that some some uh, fitness clubs went bankrupt now because of the pandemic. The good thing for me was I could get a lot of this uh, stuff uh, for, for free almost.
0: not <laughs> so I don't want up. to.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I don't want to be too happy ab- about it, but uh, yeah, at least it found a, uh, a nice place and, and I use it a lot. Uh, so I love sporting, but I also uh, love uh, coldness adaptation training. That's oh. something I'm, I'm doing a lot these days and. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the guy Wim Hof.
0: No, it's no. A,
1: it's a Dutch guy, and he has uh, like 26 world records of uh, uh, like staying one and a half hour in an ice bath, for example. Wow. And, uh, and he wrote a book about it. There's a lot of science behind it, and, and it seems, and uh, I wanted to test that myself, that when you're doing all this training, you're getting more healthy and you uh, don't get sick anymore. And as I had in the past, like three times a year, the flu, it was really bothering me. Uh, since three years ago, I'm doing this, uh, this training and, and three years, since three years, I didn't have the flu anymore. So for me, it works. I, I, and I think what I hear also for many other people that it that works for them as well. And also the, the, the fun thing is that you start getting used to coldness.
0: So exactly what is this cold therapy training? Do you sit in buckets of ice water or how, how do you go about doing this?
1: Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing several crazy things, and uh, one of them is uh, I'm, I'm sitting in a in a ice bath. So I, I'm putting ice cubes in a in a bath. I, I did build my own uh, outdoor uh, ice bath. So wow. it's uh, <laughs> so I'm very dedicated to it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> But you can also do like uh, when it's uh, around zero, so degrees Celsius, then uh, do a, a walk uh, in, in swimming pants. It sounds crazy, but it really, the <laughs> it really is one of the, the things you can do. And uh, uh, breathing exercises. And the funny thing is, uh, in the past, I also I felt really easily cold, so mm-hmm. I, I couldn't stand cold coldness too well. But nowadays, when it's getting cold, then. Uh, My body automatically heats up. I don't have to do anything for it. It feels my body starts functioning like a heater, a heating system. It's very funny because my my girlfriend, she always feels cold. And and, uh, in the middle of the winter, I have to heat her up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Same thing here all the time. My wife was just complaining how cold it is in the house. And I'm like, it's not cold. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> for me so, also. For me, it's never cold, but for for her, it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so the, the the guy that owns the the record on this can sit there for an hour and a half. You were saying. So, how long can you sit in your ice bath?
1: Yeah, so far my maximum was twenty three minutes, and uh, even though that's far from one and a half hour. I can assure you, after 23 minutes, you, you start feeling very cold already.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that if you swear while you're doing things like this, you can, you can put the pain aside. If you swear, you can hold your hand. I saw some documentary on it. Oh, uh, don't, you don't put know about that. your hand in that. ice water versus, ah, yeah. and you're allowed to swear while your hand is in the ice water versus not doing that. You could stay longer in the ice water.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will try that when the next time when I start feeling cold. But I, but I know for sure that what also helps is when you focus uh, on on feeling warm, then you start feeling also literally more warm. And and this guy Wim Hof he he managed to to keep his body temperature at a certain uh, degree amount of degrees. And uh, I cannot do that yet, but I'm I'm trying to get there as well. So After 23 minutes, my body is probably uh, the. Drop the temperature two degrees, and then you have to simply go out. But if I manage to keep that level on, on the same, so like 37 degrees or something, then uh, I think I can I will able to do it longer.
0: Very very interesting. Uh, how do you keep this up on tour?
1: Um, yeah, on tour, for example, then uh, yeah, walking around in t-shirt uh, when when it's when it's uh, cold outside, I. I and, and also funny was, there's a funny anecdote, we played in Los Angeles and that day it was a very cold day and after the show we had to walk outside to our dressing room and we were all wet yeah. and sweaty and everybody has to, had to walk outside to the dressing room and almost everybody got a cold because of that and uh, mm-hmm. I didn't because uh, my body is used to it. So I thought ah it's also really uh, useful. <laughs>
0: That's awesome, because a lot of people think that you're going to get sick walking around outside. So everyone must see you on tour and be like, oh, Mark's going to get sick. And here you are. You're not getting sick because you're doing this. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because if you do it just once, of course, then you probably get sick. But if you're trained to do so, you get uh, get used to it. And also you develop some brown fat levels. And brown fat uh, is healthy fat. Hmm.
0: extremely interesting I like this um, let's wrap this up with one last question though Mark it probably never happens to you because you're, you're you know you're in good shape uh, you take care of yourself you, you know what's going on uh, you know your your limits but every once in a while it happens to everyone what is your hangover cure
1: ah yeah then when I have a, a, a bad hangover I um, I drink tea in the morning a lot of tea with uh, with uh, lemon and um Then I drink a lot of water. I already start actually usually the night before I go to sleep, I start drinking a lot of water because I learned my lesson. (laughs) But if I forget for some reason, a lot of tea and also a lot of water in the morning. And um, and then when I have to play the show, then I always keep in mind when I have this big headache, then I think yesterday you were a big man. And now show yourself also that you can do it. <laughs> I like that. The, the people, they deserve the best possible show. And then with every time I headbang, I feel somebody hitting me with a hammer on the head. And I think, go, uh, go on, go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. <laughs> Mark, thank you so, so much for taking the time, talking to me about your life, music, and craft beer. I greatly, greatly appreciate that. Everyone, go listen, buy, support Epica, new record, omega which dropped february 21st via nuclear blast i know that i'm going to check it out and enjoy it uh thank you so much mark cheers
1: cheers thank you too thanks for having me
0: Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. What a great conversation with Mark. I'm super stoked to have had the chance to have a chat with him. I am actually very interested in this cold adaptation training that he is involved in. I uh, want to investigate this further. I think it's super interesting, and I'm very, very stoked to have a chat with Mark again so we could dig deeper into this topic. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, I would strongly encourage you to follow the podcast on the podcast platform form of your choice. But more than that, you should also take the time to rate it and write a review because when you do that, more metalheads just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You should also sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Trust me, this is a party that you do not want to miss. Sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you this Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads.